You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List Online. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith. Welcome to the show. The interview subject I have prepared for you is one of South Africa's greatest modern guitarists. It is Robin Ferguson. I always enjoy my conversations with Robin as you'll hear through the chat. And the catalyst for this conversation is due to the release of her forthcoming EP. It'll be out in late February 2021, titled Triptych. So let's have a listen to what she's got to say. Here we go. It's good to hear from Devo and also um, primarily, of course, because um, it was new music from you. And I, you know I am a fan of your stuff and I do genuinely mean that. It's um, Music's interesting with me in that I wouldn't say my tastes are set because they're definitely not, but I do so many of these types of things. It's, it's to be honest, it's rare that I continue to listen to music well after the interview pro interview cycle or the uh, review cycle or what have you, but I did continue to listen to your music. I think I was, did you remember I sent you a message and I was walking one morning and yeah. I thought I might've, you might've sent to you at like three 30 or something like that, but I was walking and I was in this, I had a moment with your music. I connected with nature through your music. Cause I was, it was like five at the AM or something. And I was walking down to get my coffee from down the road and, and I just, I just thought, I've got to tell you this. I've got to share with you what's going on because I could still see the stars as the sun was coming up. Nature was coming to life around me and your, your music was the soundtrack. And I felt great because, you know, you always feel great when you're going for a walk in the morning. That's such an honour, dude. I, I love going for morning work, walks. It's one of my favourite things. Get mm. started in the day and listen to some good music or just really sets the day. So, yeah, thank you. That's, that's so awesome. <laughs> Well, look, you've been, gosh, you've been busy. So the, the, the past 12 months for you, you've released three EPs, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, so uh, I've already mentioned that we had a chat after, I think it was the first one, Falling Forward. Um, and soon yeah. after that, you released Harbinger. Is that correct? Yeah, so 2019 is Alizar and then 2020 was Falling Forward, where you and I chatted harbinger after that and now we're gearing up for triptych <laughs> yeah and and look um i think you've excelled yourself on triptych I, I said that to devo in the email that i sent back to him because something i, I had a, a lot more like a, a more of a critical analysis through listening if you like to your music mm -hmm. and and i think with triptych you've channeled your inner alex skolnick from testament who's one of my favorite guitarists of all time because He's always been a bit left of center, not a typical thrash metal soloist or guitarist. And you're, you're a bit like that yourself. And that's, that's, that's what you, it reminded me of. So look, I've said that, but you know, this enormous creative drive that you've had over the past 12 months, where do you think that's, where do you think that's come from? I think it's just, it's in my bones and it's just coming back to myself. I think I mean, we chatted last about taking that jump and like pushing forward into what you believe. And I feel like, I feel like I've done that and now it's just steamroll forward. Um, I think it's just, the more you create, the more comes. And it just like, once you're in that, it just keeps going. So it's just to, to roll with the momentum. Look, there's been some hiccups and some big, um, what's it, potholes and such, but you, 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 keep, you keep rolling with it. And I think this, this past 12 months has been such a well of inspiration for me, just in terms of like um, sitting and having to deal with my own issues, you know, being locked inside four walls and having to face my own inner, inner saboteurs and inner demons and 
conquer that and have a different way of thinking and in a whole new world, you know? So I think it's, it's, it sparked a lot of creativity for me and a lot of inspiration. Um, <laughs> did, between you and me, there's even more than, than just trip ditch that's still to come, but you know, we have to I sort of pace ourselves. Yeah. In terms you can of feel it. You can feel it coming through you. Yeah. You just got to capture yeah. it, but you're doing that. So I'm so excited for this release, but I'm almost like more excited for the next one already. Um, they just sort of, I, I'm just rolling with it for as long as, and as hard as I can. Um, and also just going back to the roots of this is my music and I'm doing it because it is the way I connect my or reconnect myself to the universe or like you know that's like it's a reconnection for my soul so just keep doing that yeah <laughs> look you, you did you mentioned some potholes and some obstacles can you talk about some of them yeah I mean physical again health has been up and down um, not as bad as before but I do have days where I, I struggle with tremendous amounts of pain and and uh, restriction on my movement still um mm salad and get my my brain a little like slow to start like now struggling to talk a little bit um no, on fine. Sunday no worries uh thank you <laughs> so yeah it's just um there's been some of that and a lot of it has been mental uh seeing how my friends have been in difficult times family's been in difficult times and just the entire world seeing things from a different um, angle. I think with 2020, we've all had to change our perception and change the way we think and go about things. So, and that's, change is difficult sometimes, yeah? So I've had to overcome a lot of mental challenges and a lot of inner saboteurs. That little voice is sometimes not that little. It's sometimes a big screaming ogre in my ear. The tough one, isn't um, it? Yeah. and like doubt and confidence, you know, like it's all good and well to take the jump. Once you've taken the jump, then what? Now you're falling through the sky and you just have to like start flapping your arms until the wings take flight, yeah? So, and it's scary. Sometimes it feels like you are falling too far. Sometimes it feels like you're gonna hit, the, hit something, but all in all, you actually realize this is the launch pad, you know? So you're not actually falling you're rising so it's 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 been a challenge to change and rewire some thoughts and like negative thought patterns to go like oh I'm stuck in this place I can't do this or can't do that to like what do I have what can I do and who can I speak to who's in a similar boat or has skills that can add to you know and just roll with that um, and I think that's that's part of like Triptych was collaborating with other people and, and going like, you're doing cool stuff. I'm doing cool stuff. Let's do cool stuff together and see where it goes. Yeah. So, yeah. Those, collab those collaborations. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Great explanation. And, and look, you've worked with two guests on Triptych. Okay. So yeah. I've certainly heard of Mark Pajama because of what Devo sent across. Now, excluding three, I'd not heard of Adam Alvarado. Is that how you pronounce his surname? Yeah. I think I hadn't heard of him before. But you're right. You 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 have found people that are somewhat of a mirror to you, stylistically and probably spiritually as well, because you've got to connect on that level. I think with what you're doing. So that's the question. How did you find these people? 
Yeah, uh, I think starting with Mark, that kind of happened a little bit easier or more naturally, I guess, just because he is also a local artist in South Africa. So we have that connection with, the, you know, we're in the same circles. So it's a little bit easier to get involved there. And, uh, you know, we've been chatting for some time. Adam in particular is, is was one of the uh, more interesting collaborations for me because collaborating with another guitarist of such skill levels always like quite um, exciting for me because it's a challenge. It's maybe a little intimidating <laughs> at first, but it's an exciting challenge for me because I like to partner especially with other guitarists who I feel are like far better than I am so that I can learn something and be challenged by it mm. and him and I we connected a year or two or so ago I'm not entirely sure um over the internet we landed up being in a in uh, the Spotify challenges with the Joey Surgeons and such and I think we we were releasing music at the same time I was releasing Alizarin and he was releasing his first single and um, we kind of just shared it with each other and listened and thought hey you're doing instrumental guitar music and I do instrumental guitar music and we should totally collab one day and totally write a song together or, or feature each other or whatever and yeah I, I guess it just kind of worked out to this now um and I'm really stoked to have him on. Mark has got a huge knowledge of production and symphonic elements and just in general, like composition in general. So coming from a orchestral, like more black metal background originally when I started in metal was mm -hmm. with a symphonic metal band. I kind of enjoy going back to that sometimes. Um, and it was really awesome to partner with somebody or collab with somebody who could or who does play some guitar as well to add in the guitar flashiness, but who brings a whole different symphonic element and really just pushes the music a little into something like a little bit different, um, uh, but still the same. So, yeah, it's been so rad working with all of them. Now we talked about you know, your love of South Africa last time and the fact that you want to stay there. But Europe or the North or North America, I know with COVID it's very difficult at the moment, but there are so many bands popping up in, in Europe at the moment, like uh, Abbott from Immortal, for example. He's got the bass player from Nervosa playing bass mm. in his band at the moment. Do any of these opportunities reach you? Because you can certainly do it on a, on a technical level. Do, do you get the offers to, say, guest, I don't know, just putting one out there in not saying emperor, but just using them as an example, you know, like as a live guitarist for a run of shows, that sort of thing, as, as those sort of things come across your table? Uh, there's been opportunities that have come. Nothing necessarily as amazing as that, I would say. Um, I think a lot of that is still new and a lot of that is still to filter down. I think many bands are still trying to figure out like what is actually happening with 2021? Like, are we able to tour now? Are we not? Are we going to be like, have bands from across, or members from across the world participating in things or, you know, what's the vibe? So in terms of me going forward, there are some opportunities and there are some people who I'd like to work with and collaborate with and actually maybe go on tour if, with for for a stint I, I may be thinking of things a little bit more old school almost like a gun for hire yeah so like definitely I was thinking the same yeah I mean 
I've done session work before and I did enjoy it and I also hated it. But if there's a, a rad band and a rad group of musicians and they need somebody or want somebody to go with them on tour and play guitar and it's cool and it's along my alley, I'll be down totally, no matter where it is, wherever in the world. I mean, I'm South African and I'm born here uh, and I like our country quite a bit. Yeah, there's good parts, but there's bad parts. Doesn't mean I'm going to stay here for my whole life. I think that's like very short minded or narrow sighted and, and what's it? Narrow, short minded, narrow sighted. What's it? Yeah. Oh, I know what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> One of those. <laughs> and I mean, I want to travel the world. I want to be all over the place, but home is home. Yeah. And it, that, wherever that is, be it on the other side of the planet, I think Cape Town in particular will always hold a fun part in my heart. But I'm never going to let that stop me from traveling. It never has before. Um, and being part of cool things with cool musicians. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm really enjoying the solo life. But if you if you look back, I mean, last we spoke of guys like Steve Vai and Satriani and all those, they were known as solo artists or are known as solo artists, but also being part of bands and randomly going on tour with whoever um, and being on tour for, for maybe six months or a year or two weeks or whatever it is, and then switching it up again. I quite like that excitement. I think sometimes bands get too like locked down with their members or too stuck with things, you know, too static. So I quite like the change in that. But yeah, I mean, we'll see where we'll see where things go, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and I think with the way COVID is just rearranging how we have to do everything, there's oh. very few industries that have been hit as hard. I know there's retail and there's some domestic uh, industries that have been hit terribly by it. But can you think of an industry that's been hit harder than the for, for the touring musician? Everybody that I've spoken yeah. to for the past six to eight months has just been. When are we going out on tour? You know, when when can this thing actually kick back into gear again? In Melbourne, I noticed, you know, good old bloody Victoria, they've gone back into lockdowns because their bloody premier can't get his shit sorted. And we're, mm. we're relying on these people, most of whom, like, you can't trust them as far as you can throw them to make decisions for us. And there are whole sectors of the economy. I'd say at least, in I think Australia, we probably, I mean, to be honest, I've hardly felt it. Okay, because we just haven't had many issues or many cases here in Queensland. We've, we've had a bit more of an isolationist approach, which I don't necessarily agree with. I think the Swedish approach is probably the best way to do it. Because like Sweden and Australia, we don't live on top of each other. I understand in countries like most parts of Asia, in Italy, this sort of thing, the virus spreads a lot easier, as it would through some of the townships there in South Africa. So it's got to be, it's got to be a surgical approach and it's got to be tailored for each community. Yeah. Um, but... We, we have to, and I'm not going to say let's get back to normal, we have to figure out a way forward through this and not crush music and not yeah. crush industry because, God help me, I noticed that there was there was a spike in those shows, you know, those uh, streaming shows, Lamb of God did one and, and Suicide Silence did one, there were a couple, but it went boom and then it stopped, there are now none. So they mustn't be providing the return on investment. Now what I'm really saying there is that that's not the way forward. People mm -hmm. don't want to sit at home and watch something that resembles a YouTube video, even though it's a live performance beaming to them on their screen. Mm -hmm. Do you have any ideas 
with the way the politicians are managing all of our lives at the moment, the sort of control that they have for live music as it moves forward, because the venues are closing down. We don't know when we're going to get out of this COVID thing, but what we do know is artists like yourself, world-class artists like yourself are always going to make music. Yeah. So I've been asked this question a few times and it's a hard one to answer. And I don't have the answer or maybe not even a answer, but my thoughts are music will always exist. And as long as you are willing to make it, it will happen and it will be heard. Not necessarily by as many people as you would like, but it will be heard because it is part of us. We, I think when we spoke last, we were just going into lockdown or just, you know, all of this had just sort of started. And many we people were, yeah, well, nobody really knew. And a lot of people were scared and kind of like holding back and like, let's just wait it out and see what happens. It's only going to be a month or two. Sorry. You answer it so, if you need to. It's cool. I can edit. South African right. spam. Uh, <laughs> All right. Somebody trying to sell me something, I think. Sorry. Um, All good. Uh, lost my train of thought. You're right. We can just reframe. I, I think, yeah, music will always be made. There will yeah. always be an audience for it. But the, I might have talked about this in the last conversation, but the live music arena is our fire pit these days. That's how we yeah. communicate and how we de-stress. And it actually does need to be there. I didn't even like going to them that much before COVID, but I can tell you, even I'm missing them now. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I found myself again. <laughs> uh, we, we had to we had to change, our, you know, like a lot of people were sitting waiting, like, okay, what do we do? Some, some people then went out and did the online show. I did as well. And I can say that it is a huge amount of work to put on, uh, to record a live show, even just in your bedroom, to record it so that it sounds decent, so that the internet doesn't rip you apart, and actually, A, doesn't rip you apart for it sounding horrible or looking horrible, and B, for actually, like, doing, playing it live, it's like, you get put under this weird microscope, an extra microscope that you don't find when you're actually on stage, so that's odd, so to find ways to overcome that, I think that's why you, you saw the dip in the live performance. So we're in this now. Yeah, live needs to happen. There's almost something like primal about it. It's like, like mm -hmm. you can go back as far as history. There needs to be some kind of like a celebration, be it like a rain dance or a victory after the Vikings battle or something. You know, there there is some release of something that needs to happen. So I know locally at least i am in some chats about with some other local artists who are in the same sort of thought pattern as i am to come up with some interesting ways of things that we can do that's sustainable because honestly recording a live set like it's so different to pitch up at a venue and play like Friday morning, midday and evening, like easily, you know what I mean? Versus recording and producing a live show 
for YouTube or for an online yeah. platform, really difficult. So finding ways to combine those two worlds in a way that is sustainable for the artist that's not crashing, you're not spending your whole time producing a video that people are going to watch for five to 10 minutes, 15 minutes, however long your set is, an hour, whatever, and then move on with their lives when it's taken you a week to record that, you know, like to set up the cameras, to get a space, to get this, to get that. So it's to find something sustainable where you are releasing enough content to satisfy people and the want and need for more content, but in a way that you're not depleting yourself. I think we're going to have to find a balance between quality and quantity, perhaps, and that is scary, where I think a lot of people are putting on these massive big productions but it takes them maybe an entire two months to put together a live show of such caliber, you know, and to film it, put it out. And we are realizing that this might stay for a long time. So we're having to put out more content more frequently. How do you do that where it looks world-class, sounds world-class, is world-class, but when you have your bedroom and your bedroom budget, how do you do that? Yeah, because some parts of the world are more effective than others. Um, there's been some things which I organized to maybe try film or do um, out in the open, uh, COVID safe and friendly, which I've not been able to do because of, say, a curfew or such. So it's, it's difficult to answer that question, Andrew, because I think we have to continuously evolve and continuously try and do things and just spaghetti bowl at the wall, you know, like make the spaghetti and throw it and just keep throwing it. And it's gonna be a fucking mess. <laughs> it's messy at first, but we'll figure it out. It's yeah. Messy. And the whole of 2020 was fairly messy. Some things are sticking and we kind of just have to keep throwing and figuring, oh, okay, this is how long we cook the pasta for, <laughs> you know, and carry on on that road. And it's gonna be different for every person. I think what you said, tailor making things for, for different areas is, is very important. Like what's going to work here in Cape Town, South Africa, in my local area is not going to work for you. Um, and we're going to have to be, get over our egos. We're going to have to find ways to work with each other and not crab in the bucket. I don't know if you know that. I do know like, it well. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, like very well. I've used it a lot. The only way you can push yourself, I think what maybe only South Africa, but perhaps the world, but in my opinion and experience, what we need to do as a community, as musicians and creative people, is really just level ourselves up by leveling others. Like the only way you actually truly move up is if your foundation is moving with you, you know, otherwise you're just stacking and you're gonna fall, there's nothing around you. So I'm personally trying to connect with like-minded people who are genuine, true, and really just want to do creative cool things because it is their passion and their drive. Not because they're some kind of organizer that wants to like make lots of money from the door or <laughs> rip you off with some other thing or some band who's just like fly by night just because whatever. I think it's really weeding out the 
true from the fake. And we need to just try find the true, try develop that true and try build it up with cool people. Like it takes, you can go pretty far on your own, but it's kind of boring. <laughs> yeah. So Definitely. I think maybe this is the equalizer to get rid of egos, to get rid of personal nonsense and just go like, hey, you've got X, Y, and Z. And I got Q, S, T, and Y. How can we make it work? Yeah. And really do that for the benefit of all and not try to have some ulterior motive and unfortunately i think there will always be some ulterior motive because we're humans and people are rather terrible <laughs> agreed <laughs> there's no question no, no argument from me about that one there I, I just that's a great point you raised there you want Jamie Jaster talks about it a lot. High tide raises all ships. Because I don't like Metallica that much these days. I mm -hmm. love Metallica back in the day. But his point was when Metallica released an album, whether it's good or bad, metal rises globally because they are the most important and successful band of all time. And I think in his view, certainly in my view, no other band even comes close, not even Iron Maiden. I think they're even... So maybe you're talking about maybe the Beatles being bigger than them and that's about it. But the point is, is that when they release an album, it's an opportunity for everybody to get on board and fly the flag for rock and heavy metal because God knows we're yeah. up against it as a genre or as a, let's call it a movement. We, you've got to sort of, and people have to understand it. I've tried, believe me, I've tried to do, but let me share something with you. I've shared this a few times on the podcast, but I'll, I'll talk about it with you now. I don't like interviewing local metal bands, Australian metal bands, because they're fucking idiots. And a lot of them have proven to be because, and they, look, if I'm interviewing someone like yourself or Pepper Keenan from Corrosion of Conformity, Paula Lender from Cradle of Filth, that's, that's fantastic, right? And then I feel like I'm trying to help out some of a band who's contacted me and said, hey, let's do an interview. And then I'll read the shit that they're talking about me on socials. It's not that it deflects. I'm not saying it, I, I take it to heart. I don't give a shit, but it, it annoys me from the perspective that it's like, do I need to get involved and actually send a direct message or actually comment to myself or something? And I'm not saying it's even happened that often, but I'm saying when it has happened, it's been the bands that I just mentioned. So I've just stopped doing it now. So I'm no longer supporting a lot of this Aussie metal, Australian metal. And I'm pretty sure it's the same for if there was a South African podcast or there would be local South African bands that do the same thing. You nailed it. The crab in the, in the bucket. And if people uh, people listening aren't aware of what is it is, a, is it an analogy or it's a, a psychological think piece, but we used to use it at Telstra a lot, which is a telecommunications company I used to work for, which was because we had terrible issues in team environments, just rent-seeking frauds turning up and claiming sales that they didn't do or involvement in things that they had no part of, but saying it in front of higher management, it just seems to be. This, this human uh, condition, if you like, to mm. take credit where credit is not, has not been earned. earned. But uh, just for the listener's benefit, the, the crab scenario is that you put a, a half a dozen crabs into a bucket or what have you, you've just been to the beach and gone crabbing. One of them tries to get out, the rest of them start bringing it down. It does it again, and it'll do it a few times, they'll rip its claw off. If it keeps going, they'll kill it. 
Okay, that's what that is. And Jordan Peterson talks about, you know, the similarities between the, the neural network of lobsters, I think, and, and human beings. I've probably got that completely wrong, but he has talked a lot about that, that stuff yep. there and how we can learn a lot. And look, we're, we're all, whether they're sentient beings or not is another question, but we're all here, subspecies and our species alike, working, <laughs> trying to carve our own little niche here on planet Earth. But until communities work together, this is, I'll wrap everything up in this point, until communities, regardless of who they are, start to work together and lift people around them and they find a way to be genuinely, what's the word, to just, just find a way to make sure that there is a benefit in helping other people and helping others around them. That's the only way a scene is going to move forward, especially with, with music with the way it is. Now I'm, I'm too old for a lot of the shit. So I don't care. I go to gigs by myself or what have you. I'm in my forties. So nobody bugs me and I don't bug anybody either. Um, but the, the important thing is these young guys and girls that are getting into rock and metal, they need to be nurtured and fostered through. Okay. Because mainstream media do not promote this music anymore. They're all about urban music, rap, hip hop, Cardi B and all her vulgar lyrics. I said to someone the other day, I have interviewed, guys like Eric Danielson from Watain, who are definitely satanic bands, their lyrics haven't got a patch on Cardi B's <laughs> as the father of daughters. And I think we've, we're, we are all in this together. We truly all are. You get it. I get it. What's it going to take for the people that are out there that comment on blabbermouth, metal injection, banger TV, because they're just, they're just cesspits those sites and i have most of a lot of my stuff gets picked up by blabbermouth and i'm not on the fence of it I'll, I'll say now i'm grateful for the support because i think it helps the artist but it's not even those sites that are at fault for spreading this information it's the fans that keep coming there and rewarding them mm-hmm. and i'm going to make a point later on i want you to i want to hand the mic over to you now but i want to make a point later on about social media and the impact that it's having to we can be very broad and say society, but we'll focus on music. But after I've said all of that stuff there and, 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 and underlined your point there about the crabs, what are your thoughts? I think there will always be competition. And to an extent, competition is good because it pushes you. But it is important for us to, I think what you say is genuinely help it's, it's, it's a, what is your intent behind it? I think so many people go like, oh, cool. I'm going to help you with X, Y, and Z. But what is, what is your intention behind it? Why do you make music? Why do you do this? What is the reason? And if your reason is pure heart to create and you're wanting to get involved with other people with the same thing, then I think that's wonderful. And it's, it's, it's something to push. Community is important, and I think it's important to be mindful if you're an artist of like what you're posting, how you're posting, and communicating because we are influential to to people. And I think it's yeah. I think it's so easy for people to like kick metal and rock and hard genres under the table and say that, oh, it's evil and it's not a cool expression or whatever. And then you have these giant pop artists singing about super dodgy things. I think we need to just come back and realize what the heavier genres were intended for or like why they 
exist in the first place is metal is supposed is freedom and expression and to have a place of community where you've been shunned from everywhere else in the world exactly you're supposed yeah exactly to be able to find this place and i found probably more um challenges in the in the in the scene than in some other places and i think there's a reason the genre is is maybe suffering is because of the crab in the bucket and if we can get over that things will snowball in a better way mm. yeah and, and social media i'll make this point now um again so many I've, I've had so many opportunities come through social media there's no way i can say it's a bad thing i think overall in the long arc and trajectory of history it's going to be viewed as a positive thing there's so many bad things that come from it though as we know the violence mm. and looting that we've seen in the united states for example but mm. social media effectively is the gatekeeper now of a lot of good ideas because you've got to pay them a shitload of money in order to spread and boost your posts i'm sure you have to pump quite a bit of funds you probably most of your budget goes into social media i take it does it actually not <laughs> uh, i i I do things quite differently. Most of my stuff is, okay, well, I actually do not do any sponsored posts. Um, if I do a sponsored post, the last sponsored post I've done for any of my music out of my own pocket or any kind of like, I am making a sponsored post was over a year ago. I don't really do that. I see the benefit of it, but for my personal stuff, it's tacky to the tar old school word of mouth, do the graft, sit on sit on the social media for two hours and post and bust your ass and actually make connections and network old school is what, what I do personally. Uh, I don't say you should. Like, I, I don't say that it's right or wrong or the only way, but that's just my personal approach of late. It may change depending on the nature of the content that I'm creating or the purpose of what I'm trying to do. If I'm going to be hosting a show, perhaps I'll sponsor post that so that I could get more people to the show. Yeah, but it just depends on, on what's what. So, but yeah, personally, most of my budget actually goes into music making. So what money I get from music goes back into creating music or gear. Yeah. And I've tried to be incredibly um, strict with myself with that. I've had opportunities in the past to put it into um, like particularly social media content and stuff like that, or like punting sponsored pro um, and promoted posts, but Honestly, Andrew, if my music doesn't talk for itself, no matter how much money I give you to listen to it, I don't want that. Like, if I'm paying you to listen to my music or to like my music, then I should stop. <laughs> like, you must like my music because it's awesome. Um, yeah, that's my opinion. Well, I, I think I think my podcast is finally doing it. I've only ever paid once or twice, maybe. I think I've paid like 20 or 30 yeah. bucks Australian dollars to boost a post and got like 10 extra likes on the Facebook page. But I'm, I'm starting to find exactly what you just said. Focus on the quality of the content and people will eventually come. It takes a while. Like I've been doing this four years now. And I'm, there's a couple of people like with Cradle of Filth, Stuart Ancestors, Trey from Morbid Angel, and about the second or third hit when you type in their name now. That's just because the, the I focused on the content, spent 
not hundreds, but tens of hours trying, like mining, building something that was interesting and genuinely insightful. Being real, being genuine. If you are real and true to yourself and doing, I said that before in our, in our previous conversations, if you are doing what and living in your purpose, even if you're not quite sure exactly to the T what that plan and purpose of your life is, but if you are doing and pursuing your dreams and your passions and you're doing that not because you've been told to or because you thought it was a good idea or whatever, but because it's a burning fire deep in your soul, build it and they will come. It's the type, it's the thing. Uh, um, and that's always been my view in my, I think, the most I've ever spent on any kind of post ever has been less than a thousand rand, which is, I don't even know what that is in, in, oh, in yeah. dollars. It's like cents. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, uh, buy yourself a can of Coke type vibe, uh, <laughs> expensive one in South Africa. But so like the point is it's not much, it's not really much at all for, for the amount of efforts and time and heart. I think if you are having to, continuously sponsor a post or, or or do things that way you need to seriously reconsider what's going on because the, you're always going to get people who love you hate you and who don't care if you're having to pay for any of that something's really wrong um again like hear, hear my heart and my intent with all this let's say you should never sponsor a post or should never do that that's not what i'm saying i'm just saying if that is your main way of getting your music out is maybe not the best thing because how long will you be able to sustain that? If your music is true and genuine, your art is real, you may eat two minute noodles, <laughs> ramen noodles or what's it? <laughs> and yeah. dry toast for a while, but it will live longer and it will be more genuine. I don't know, just for me personally, I wouldn't be able to live with myself like my music needs to be real. I can't fake it. I can't. Yeah. And I can't yeah. buy, I can't buy your likes. I can't, that's not what I want either. I don't want anybody to listen to my music because I told them they have to. Um, or that, yeah, yeah. It must, while you're walking outside in the park, if it talks to you, if it speaks mm. to you while you're out on your morning walk at 5 a.m., awesome mission accomplished that's all i want yeah yeah gotcha yeah and no, i'm hearing you no, and yeah. i hope to connect with people like that as well anyway we, rent <laughs> we've done that you know you've done that with me as i've explained but just just to um tie up the point on social media i think the issue at the moment is a lack of diversity in platforms so at the moment yeah. there's like two twitter and facebook which is also instagram that what i don't know yeah. i'm not going to most of the world is using i don't know what the actual figure is but that's literally where we're at and i know there's new ones popping up uh such as uh locals i think is uh one there's 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 a few but you sort of i'm not i'm i'm not even bothered with going on them because i don't i do what i've got to do on the facebook thing as an obligation to people like yourself like I've, we've done the interview we need to post it that way but i've got a built-in audience that are already on spotify and apple itunes podcast that listen to it anyway so there's a couple of hundred people that'll do that regardless of whatever I post an interview with yourself, an interview with, as I mentioned, Eric Danielson from Watain or the Paco de Lucia career retrospective that I posted last night. It's wonderful to be in that position where that happens. And I don't have to, as, as you quite rightly point out, sort of almost plead with an audience 
I'm mm. paying money to Facebook for you to see this, so please listen to my music. But I, I just, I think in the short term, I don't think there's there's much else we can do, especially with these books that I'm writing. I'll have to, there will have to be an element of it. Otherwise, how else do I spread the word? It's not like you can do it through. I think you can do it through paid ads and Google too, which which I think Google's got its its own issues to it. It just seems to be a Faustian pact that we have to make with the three big ones: YouTube or Google, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I think we're so trapped with social media, as you say, like we have those two platforms and that's like it. How else do we communicate? And then, yeah, I mean, that's, I guess, where we are tied in the having to sponsor things to get the word out. Um, maybe maybe, maybe I've, the two topics is like building an audience and letting your current audience know what's going on. Facebook also has made life difficult for your current followers to even get. It doesn't reach them unless you, you know what happens. Really is I can, hey, I can tell you this for a fact. I don't know whether you guys have picked up on this, but if you're not, we're, we're both clearly not paying for boosting posts and advertising. So I've got, I've got bugger all people. I, mean, I appreciate everybody who likes my Facebook page, by the way. I do because they're all genuine. There's 550 mm -hmm. or something like that, you know, in a grand scheme of things, bugger all. If I post, when I post uh, our conversation, as an episode, it'll reach, and it tells me, it'll reach about 50 people. Now, if there's 550 people that have liked the page, why on earth isn't it popping up in their feed if they've made a commitment to like the page? So they're, they've, they're not screwing us. They're telling us straight up front, this is what's going to happen if you don't pay. I learned this at uni. This is a fact. If you don't pay, they will throttle your posts. You will reach a yeah. limited audience, and it will keep on declining until you play their game. And that's my point about diversification on, on social media platforms. But it's, you know, if you, if you go to one platform where that's got 90% of social media users across the globe and another platform has got 0.0009% of social media followers across the globe, you're getting three-fifths of fuck all, excuse my language, mm -hmm. on the latter one. So why are you going to invest your energy and your effort into it? And that's why I think you, you make such a great point, though, which is that just, I know you haven't said this, but, you're kind of saying, bugger it all. I'm just going to be me. And whoever finds yeah. my music, that's what I want. Did tomorrow there might be some other thing that happens and the whole of Facebook goes down or the internet crashes or we put back into the stone age. Music will continue regardless of what happens. Pandemics, internet crashes, terrorists, whatever. It will continue. You just do you. And somehow it will happen i mean the beatles didn't have facebook did they somehow they made it <laughs> yeah you could say the, the the world is different and it is different and it will change again because facebook or, or social media or whatever is like big now and there are certain platforms now you're punting all your money to that now cool it may change next year or the year after it may also stay the same i don't know you just have to keep pushing keep finding people and yeah, like, I mean, knock it down just because 50 people saw it. Another big thing, which I, I've realized is from doing live streams and doing like online festivals and stuff is like bumping into yeah. people weeks and months later or chatting with them online or whatever. And they'll be like, oh, I saw this thing and I watched it live and it was so amazing. I'm like, you did? Well, there was like one, two, three likes on my things. What do you mean? Why didn't you react? Yeah. 
often people are seeing content, but they're not necessarily reacting. They're not clicking that button because everything is so in your face. You, you're constantly having to like just get through your day. I mean, my Mac this morning alone just asked me 10 questions before I could get into this conversation with you. I had to actually <laughs> and deny and and I think we're so used to having to react to things that actually just sitting in like old school in front of your TV, laughing at laughing at something as you would on your television, a show, you're doing the same on your phone. You're not going to go phone the people on the series that you've just watched and go tell them in yourself, hey, I watched it and it was awesome and like and follow and share. Maybe you will, but not everybody. We need to also realize that some people are seeing content and are there, but they're not necessarily engaging. We need to find ways to get them to engage. Um, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother thing as to how to do that and how to see those people who are dedicated to the page and to get them more involved. But yeah, just have to fiercely continue. And find what works for you as an individual. If that is having to sponsor certain things or pay certain things or go a certain way or follow certain channels in, to get what you think you must do to, to do that, cool. But there is no cookie cutter. What works for me is not necessarily always gonna work for you. And it may not always work for me forever either. Things change. We need to constantly evolve, constantly think of cool things, cool ways to do that. But it's an exciting, exciting time. It's also scary, but we need to not get bogged down with that. Music will live on. Think about times when there was war, like World War One and Two. What happened to the musicians then? You know, did did it stop? No, floods any kind of natural disaster, any kind of human disaster, music continues, art continues. Yeah, might not reach as many people as I want right now, but it's out there and it will live for eternity. That's the awesome thing about it. You just have to have confidence and believe in your own abilities and self in, in, trust in yourself that you're creating something cool. And then it will live on. Reach great, optimistic, right. great optimistic outlook, because I guess the, ne the next question, uh, I'd encourage you to talk in as little or as much detail as you so choose. But I think you know my views on South Africa. I think that there's a hell of a lot of violence over there that is unreported and underreported. And it's a lot of the reporting is politically motivated, as we bloody know. And it's actually extremely hard to find out. I'm a, I can say it, I'm a qualified journalist these days, so I know where to look for these things. And believe me, it's very difficult to find. You can find certain statistics, but it's actually very hard to find the kind of statistics which will help you form a picture of what's actually going on in the country at the moment, which I think is by design, of course, because that's just how it is these days. But you're a musician and... You might not be a Western country, but you live in a Western, you live a Western style life. You, you live a life that I, you could transplant and come and be my next door neighbor and it'd be virtually the same type of life. That's my point about that one there. But overall, you live in the country that is one of the most difficult countries to actually just get by as a musician because of the social and with, with anything. True. But being a musician makes it even harder. Okay. So 
I, I personally would like to see someone with your talent leave South Africa and, and come here or go to the States or go to the UK. Mm. Okay. But for you, if everything, I'm not going to say normal, but settles down and after COVID and there's this, there's society sort of regains a semblance of what it was before. Okay. Are you, are you optimistic as a, a, as a musician in South Africa? My music has never been the mass genre of choice in, in South Africa. It's a, it's a real niche genre. As a solo artist, it's even more niche. So realistically, COVID or not, to have a sustainable life, as a full-time musician um, in the kind of genre that I'm in or genres that I'm in is incredibly difficult and highly improbable. Not impossible, but improbable. Even before COVID times. Um, and I think perhaps even after in this particular country, just because it is a very small country and most of the people living in this country do not listen to metal or, or rock or, or anything like that, really. Hmm. Politically, it's interesting. Um, I don't really go into politics. I think, some things, as you say, there's a lot that's not being said and some things that are being said to control or to form certain ideas. And I think that is definitely happening. I, I love experiencing things and people and new things and meeting new people. So definitely, traveling and all of that is is totally part of it i don't want to give up on south africa or any other country because that's just sad but I, it will never be an anchor around my neck it will never be something that will hold me down i want to maybe go to europe or australia or wherever and be there and be proudly I was born in South Africa you know like that to me is still a cool thing it will never change I'm not gonna like hide that but I don't want it to be a cripple crippling thing it's not a crutch but it's not something that's crippling me either I think it's a lot to do with your mental state Freddie Mercury was from what Zanzibar which is like the tiniest little yeah. place just off the coast of South of Africa and he's, he was like, I mean, dude, one of the most famous people ever, Freddie Mercury, come on. Greatest yeah? rock and roll front man of all time. Definitely. And yeah. he didn't let any of that get him down. That he still loves Zanzibar? Yeah, sure. You know, like, I think perhaps it's a similar thing. I'm not saying I'm Freddie Mercury, but I think home will always be home. And I, I never want to give up on the potential of home because... This country has got so much going for it. We've got such awesome, but there's also a lot of 
not awesome. <laughs> I hope that one day the awesome will outweigh the non-awesome <laughs> and that, yeah. that the tables will stay that way. But life. Yeah, the potential's there, but the reality's brutal. Yeah. In South Africa, it's probably the country of greatest contrast, certainly that I'm aware of. My, my, yeah, big time. And for me personally, it's just like, I can get stuck thinking about all of this or I can just keep pushing and wherever the journey goes, go. So I'm fortunate right now during COVID, everybody is stuck in their house, <laughs> you know, no matter where we are in the world. So it kind of takes the world and puts it in front of my computer screen. So it doesn't really matter where I'm from or where I am living. Um, and I think that's something to hold on to this year going forward and possibly for the future as well as to realize that it doesn't really matter where we are, it's what we're doing with it. So I'm in South Africa and it's 1 p.m. here and it's nighttime your side in Australia, but we are talking face <laughs> to face and we're making that world smaller and making cool connections. So I think doesn't really matter where I am or where I will be uh, physically. Yeah, It's about what I'm doing with it and about what is going on in here. Because mindset is everything. Yeah, mindset big time. Yeah, big time. I, I do think there's a there's an element of luck, an element of, what did I write down before? I was just taking some notes. Uh, serendipity and divine providence. That's a word I use a lot. Divine providence, fate, destiny. There's an element yeah. of that. But Look, overall, you've just got to find what you're meant to do, which which you have, by the way, from I can feel it that you you're meant to be a musician. You know, there's no point no point you working in a supermarket or something like that. It's just it's gonna ruin you, you know, that sort of thing. And it's not something that you probably ever have to do anyway. But you know, the, just, <laughs> same here. I did for years when I was a kid, don't worry, and bloody hell, it's uh yeah. I mean I I I uh, I walk around. I'm at a point now where I walk around a shopping center and just look at all the food on the shelf. And I just think, thank God we, can, we live in a society where we've got access to this stuff. The wife, so the wife's family live in the Philippines and, and there is a gap between who has money and doesn't have money in the Philippines, big time. That wealth gap is huge. And God, I can share this, I think. God, God help me, I'll share it anyway. But some of her cousins were being groomed by a pedophile ring. You know, and this is within a... And that's that, that country has terrible problems with that issue. And that's what I say to my kids. It's like, so my kids, you know, they're born here, gr growing up here. They're Australian. We have, this is where I get the shits with my fellow Aussies who complain about, oh, we've got it so bad. And so it's like, fuck off. We have it the best. You haven't traveled. You don't speak to anybody. You clearly don't because we, we are unbelievably, Australia is experiencing white flight from the US. Can you imagine that? So US has been seen to be the global, it's this uh, democratic, capitalist, free-thinking society. Guess where they're coming? It's not all of them, of course, but they're, they're, they're leaving and coming here. You're already seeing the Hollywood elite come here. They're just down the road from me. I'm in the Gold Coast. So they're at Byron Bates. They're about 100 kilometres away. You know, the Orlando Blooms and these sort of people. Sasha Baron Cohen, I think his wife's Australian anyway, uh, Isla Fisher, so they've moved to Sydney or something. But that's how good we've got it. You know when these people who don't want to lead a difficult life are start, starting to up stumps out of Hollywood 
which is where they're pampered and all the rest of it. But if you've been following what's going on in California, that's sort of resembling South Africa in some ways at the moment. It's a very difficult place. High taxation and a lot of civil and social unrest. Sound like sound like you know what's going on in South Africa. If if you're trying to actually get by and actually make a living and start a business, it's extremely difficult to do that. Um, but yeah, I just I think that I walk around a shopping centre and I see you know fresh bread, just things like feta, salami, uh, Vegemite, you know like marmite. I suppose you got over there, you know fresh cuts of beef, this sort of thing. God, we have never lived in a greater time in society than right now. And certainly, if you're living here, we have we don't want for anything. We have free healthcare in Australia, free education. Yeah, people want, and they're not foreigners. They're Australians. There are people that are born and bred here. Always this reason to knock us and put us down. And it's like, for fuck's sake, you have not travelled. And and I'm not saying we, we didn't even know these kids, these cousins of my wife in the Philippines. But to for that to be in our sphere of inclusion, I don't say what's what, I didn't say directly to my kids what was going on, but to say like you know if they don't want to eat their dinner or. Um, they're complaining about not having enough iPad time or something like this. All these wonderful things parents have to go through with kids. Believe me, it can be it can be <laughs> brutal, brutal on that front for entirely different reasons because they just they just get sucked into it. But raising your awareness so as that you can be grateful. And you said something earlier, and it's it's it was it was important. It was um, raising. I'll make my point anyway. Raising your awareness and just being grateful that you don't have a tougher than what you do. Okay, and so putting you into a mindset, attitude, you're talking about attitude is everything. That's my point there. Attitude is everything. And that's what I see people around me. And it's you, and when I say people around me on social media, I don't, I don't associate with any of these people personally. I just see it on social media, complaining and bitching and moaning and complaining about this politician or what have you. It's like, man, you have no idea how difficult it is just about everywhere else in the world compared to where we're from. Okay. We have been kissed in the ass by a golden rainbow. So don't piss it away. Actually, be grateful for what you've got. And, and I'll say now, if you're an Australian and if you live in Australia, I'm not saying you have no excuses, but you have you are the least likely to have excuses in the world. And and then, then I'll say that's where you're inspirational because you're living in South Africa. And I know you've not said you've got a, you know, you've got a, a bad life or anything like that, but you, we're talking about the opportunities that are available to you there. That's my point there. Yet your attitude is a hundred times better than a lot of people that I could point to on social media right now and the sort of comments, toxic comments they're making. So it, it is, it is all about attitude and your ability to make decisions and put yourself into a position where you can do the thing that you've been put on God's green and blue earth to do. Yeah. To find a way to make it happen, even if it seems impossible, because things are quite improbable often but nothing is impossible mm. might not work out exactly the way you thought or planned but nothing is impossible you just have to be creative <laughs> as to like how you go about things yeah mm. um yeah I, I i i think it's not just it, it's everybody in the world like you woke up today some people didn't <laughs> like yeah. not meaning that as a downer. It's just cool. You can still think about what you want to do. Like you have options. I think in South Africa at the moment, metal venues, there's like two in the whole country in terms of places that I can play, but perform mm -hmm. at if COVID wasn't existing, that's 
how many times, how many bands are there in South Africa? And how many times could I perform at two venues in the whole country before people A, either get sick of me or B, when do you ever get a chance to be booked at that venue? <laughs> if it's, you know, if that's the only venue. So you can go and you can get worried about all of this. Um, sorry, I'm actually still half on the clock work-wise. So I'm being- Oh, you're right, no worries. Right. <laughs> Uh, lunch hour <laughs> so I just got a notification my apologies but um, yeah it's just it's taking it's taking what you what you got and running with it this is actually a good example so lunch hour happening right now I still work 40 hours a week I have a day job a full-time yeah. day job I am I took a lunch break now <laughs> so that we can do this interview oh wow I'm taking up all your time then yeah no, not at all. But my point is, where there is a will, there is a way. I could say, oh, no, I can't talk today because I have work or like I can't do this or can't do that. But sure, I have an hour gap. Let's make it happen. You know what I mean? Um, it's it's taking what you have and, and and grafting. I have so much respect for people who, who MacGyver it, you yeah, know? Yeah. I know what you're saying, yeah. Uh, I was chatting with somebody locally just the other day who's making huge waves and is really just like missioning on his own and is going to come out with some really, really, really awesome stuff. And I'm very excited to see that happen. And just chatting with, with him and his way of thinking is like, okay, cool. So I want to do this and this and this. Okay, but do you have that? And like, yes, you're going to need this kind of a camera and you're going to need this. And you, do you have this gear? And it's like, no, dude, like hack that stuff. The other day I taped my phone to a stick to film something. Legit, dude. Like you don't necessarily need to have the latest, greatest, fanciest. It's about using what you've got. And if you've got a drive, if you've got your passion, there is no stopping you. <laughs> they can tell you the sky is blue. You'll you'll paint you'll find a way to paint a dread if you want to. Where yeah, there's yeah. a will, there's a way. Mm. There's, there's nothing is impossible. Anything can happen. You just have to not give up. Might not happen the way you think. You might have to come up with a hundred different angles, but nothing is impossible. What a, what a great note to end it on. I'll let you go and grab a coffee at a sandwich or what have you, but it's, look, I always enjoy our conversations. So, uh, you know, when, I mean, I'm sure Devo will be in touch when the next one happens, but if you've got anything you ever want to talk about and there's an announcement to make, feel free to use this podcast to do so, okay? Andrew, you're amazing. I, I always enjoy our chats and it's always so great. Um, absolutely. There's a lot more coming. There's some stuff that's maybe not going to be as heavy as the stuff that is out. There's stuff that's going to maybe be heavier. There's a lot in the pipeline. That's all I can say. And I'm really excited to share it with you in particular. Uh, we've walked a little way since uh, we first spoke. It's come, it's been months in between. <laughs> it's our time, yep. Cool stuff. And I, I really enjoyed speaking with you. So yeah, this is not the end <laughs> at all. We will have many Feelings mutual. You have been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith. That interview subject was South African guitarist Robin Ferguson. Thanks so much for tuning in.